And now it's time on Flame CCR to take a look behind the studio's green door to find out who is in today's chat room. Midnight, one more night without sleeping. Watching till the morning comes creeping. Green door, what's that secret you're keeping? And now, are you listening? Hello, you're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. My name is John Cheek and today we're looking at the group Rising Hope and we're looking at the person that is Andrew Gardner. Flame Radio is a Christian community radio station and in January 2017 we received a compact disc in the post. Nothing unusual about that. We're a radio station. We often get compact discs in the post This one, however, was a little bit different, and it said, Hello, my name is Andrew Gardner. I'm a minister at Hope Baptist Church in Plymouth. And it went on to say, I know this is a little different, maybe off-centre. Please bear with me as I explain. Eight months ago, in the prime of life and ministry, I was diagnosed with cancer. Since then, a lot has happened in Andrew's life. What I'm going to do is introduce Andrew very soon on this programme. In the meantime, I'm going to play Mumford & Sons. Do listen to the lyrics. This is Roll Away Your Stone. Have been burned 
You say that's exactly how this grace thing works It's not the long walk home that will change this heart But the welcome I receive with the restart Mumford and Sons and Roll Away Your Stone. Listening in at the moment down in Plymouth is the Reverend Andrew Gardner. Andrew, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Great. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) It is great to hear you this afternoon. Andrew, we've had some great conversations on the telephone in recent weeks before this programme is broadcast. Can I ask you a straight question? Let's go right back to the beginning. What was life like for you prior to your diagnosis? And what has life been like for you since? Gosh, John, that's a great question to start with. I have to say that we were in a very happy time back in uh, April 2016. My wife and I live in Plymouth and uh, we've been down here for 22 years. We've been uh, in the same church at Hope Baptist Church for the last 13 years. And we really felt we were in good times. I I often found myself saying to her, you know, life is good. I'm just really enjoying life at the moment. I felt fit and well. We were enjoying our church life. Our children had grown up and gone. We just had that little bit more freedom in life. But having been in in the church 13 years, we were just in a good place where we could love the church, build the church, the church love us and working with us. And it was just uh, happy times. We were really excited, looking forward to what God was going to do next. And uh, so on the 1st of May last year, I celebrated my 13th year, as I say, at Hope Baptist and was just really set well for the next eight and a half years to retirement. 
The following Friday, on the 6th of May, I went for what I felt was going to be a routine colonoscopy examination, and I got you know, what for us was devastating news to say that I had a tumour and uh, they believed it to be cancer. And, you know, in one sentence, your whole life just changes on, on that spin of that. And you are thrown immediately into, gosh, so many things, you know, turmoil, anxiety, uncertainty, pain, suffering, illness, darkness, all of those things. And I've compared it to being mugged where, you know, you're kind of beaten up one day and everything is taken off you. And that's been my experience. Is it like being served with a death sentence almost? It felt like that because you do not know what is going to happen. And when, when I first got the diagnosis, to be honest, it was a very optimistic, positive diagnosis. Obviously, cancer is not great news for anybody. Uh, but the, the first news that we had was that, you know, this is going to be very straightforward. This is going to be a, a three month. It's going to be surgery. It's going to be radiotherapy. And you'll be back to work within three or four months. And although that was devastating, although it was really hard to take, at least that seemed just doable. I thought, okay, I can, can cope with this. But the, the reality, the outworking of it has been very different and much longer, much more prolonged, uh, painful and still living with a huge amount of uncertainty. Andrew is somebody who lost his own mother through cancer 10 years ago now. I remember back to what it was like when the family first heard the news and it literally was like being hit with a bombshell. I know that every diagnosis is different, every person is different, and there are obviously many different strains of cancer, but for us, it was like being hit with a bombshell. And I certainly remember how life from then on seemed to be very vivid. It really sharpened my senses, knowing that things could well be never the same again. And I think that was the same for my poor old mum as well. When she heard the news, it certainly sharpened her senses because she realised just how precious and how fragile life is. I think that's absolutely right. Everything that you knew before changes on that. Everything that was secure and safe and you, you knew where you were, you knew who you were, where you were going, all of that stuff, it all changes on that diagnosis and just throws the whole of your life up into the air and so many other things as well because also of course it's everything that was precious to you everything that seemed important that all changes as well yes i i guess you've probably been through a little bit of a process recently of re-evaluating a lot of things and realizing that things which perhaps maybe previously in life you thought were very very important actually really aren't all that important at all and you realize things like family and those immediately around you you realize just how precious they are to you and and the thought of being separated from them by something like well death it really jumps up at you doesn't it yeah, and even actually within the cancer and the treatment, uh, the chemotherapy treatment, you have a separation almost immediately because I've been taken from being a very sociable confident active person amongst people all the time that's where i've loved to be in ministry and with family um i just love you know like a family party all of that stuff and so when you're having the chemotherapy treatment because it makes you feel so oh and unwell and just exhausted really from the very outset of treatment your life and your relationships change with people that i'm not the same person as i was nine months ago for myself and also my family and Andrew, one more question for the moment. In all of that, 
Did you find yourself asking that age-old question, well, where is God in all this? How can God allow this to happen? From the beginning, because of the shock to the system, obviously the first few days are just crazy and you just, your mind, your heart is just all over the place. That's a shame to say this is a Christian, as a Baptist minister that, you know, I didn't do well in those first two or three days. It really took me aback and I just didn't know kind of like where I was at what on earth to do. I love being in control of my life. I love to be able to plan things and organize my life. And suddenly to be plunged into this massive uncertainty and, uh, you know, that you're going to be ill and have this treatment. And so there were some days where I, I did think that, you know, where is, is God in this? But it's one of those times that you have to live with your own teaching and your own ministry over the years. And, you know, I, I knew... I've been a Christian for 42 years, John. I knew that however it felt at that point, God hadn't moved. It wasn't like God had gone off somewhere and abandoned me. It wasn't like he'd w walked out on me because I'd got this diagnosis. But I have to say that in the daytime, but particularly in the middle of the night, it felt like that. You know, you do feel this sense of, gosh, you know, I just don't know where I am with the Lord anymore because of this state of play. And, you know, you have to do something actively for myself. I mean, everyone will deal with it differently. Some people will struggle even more than I did, maybe less than I did. But the thing for me was to go searching for God, not that he had gone far away, but it was just that I just wasn't clear on where he was and in my relationship with him, just how changed that had become very, very quickly. But I knew that I wasn't abandoned. God hadn't walked out on me. No, not at all. Andrew, we're going to let you get your breath back and take a little bit of a, a break now for some music. And when I was in contact with you before this programme, I asked you for one or two song suggestions and you named the group The Alarm, which is all right in my book, certainly, and the track called The Stand. And if you listen very carefully to the lyrics, you'll, you'll understand why Andrew chose this song. You're listening to Flame Radio, and this is The Alarm and The Stand. Come on down. 
The Alarm on Flame Radio. Yes, you're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. My name is John Cheek and I'm hoping still with me is Andrew Gardner. Been away to the alarm. You can't beat that. Fantastic. Andrew, a very quick question. Would you like to explain a little bit about your thinking behind that song and why it now means a lot to you? Yeah, I, I love that. The first album, the Alarm album, was called Declaration. And I just love the positivity and the, the kind of the proclamation, the power in that album and, uh, and in the band live particularly. I went to see them in 1984 and uh, in the days when I had hair, that I think we spiked our hair up and went off to see them in St Albans in Hertfordshire. And just a fantastic, really great concert. That you just never forget and the, the energy and everything in there. But uh, you know come on down and meet your maker and making a stand it was it was like you know, a whole lot of christian lyrics making their way into the secular field into the top 20 major album and uh, you know off, off the back of that I, I went to wembley i went to see queen at wembley in 1986 but i went to see the alarm because they were the support band wembley stadium and uh, so i went with a welsh friend of mine and uh, we, we walked out during queen because we the the day was over for us really <laughs> I know that my sister, who is a little bit older than me, she went to see The Alarm play live on a venue at the end of Aberystwyth Pier back in the 1980s when she was at university at Aberystwyth, and she thought they were great. And of course, then, as now, they would have had the Christian Mike Peters on lead vocals, lead vocals and harmonica.
Very quickly, Andrew, can you talk about some of your other influences in, in, a, in a music sense over the years? Yeah, well, of course, being a teenager in the 70s, particularly the early 70s, it meant nothing much else than glam rock, which we loved because it appalled my parents. And uh, Top of the Pops with Bowie and T-Rex and the other artists around at the time, it was uh, shocking and stunning. And I look now at some sort of music programmes on TV, and I think, oh, gosh, that's terrible, awful stuff. That's exactly what my parents felt at the time. But I was really into those kind of bands, particularly T-Rex. I'm a proud collector of about 50 T-Rex albums and uh, tonnes of vinyl. I was into Roxy Music and uh, Bowie, all of that kind of stuff through the 70s. And I actually enjoyed quite a bit of the uh, the punk stuff. Uh, late 70s it was a great time with punk and new wave to be alive and to, to be a teenager and uh, enjoying music. I know a lot, a lot of young people these days are still very jealous of the fact that we, you know, we had that era. And then in the 1980s, I moved into things like Spandau Ballet, The Waterboys, uh, U2, oh, yeah. of course. I saw them at Wembley Arena, supported by The Waterboys, one of the best concerts of uh, ever been to and uh, then from about 84 onwards I bought everything that the alarm put out I just thought they were fantastic and I saw them about four times live during the 80s I've seen them quite recently too I've taken my two boys along which was quite funny my boys are now 28 and 30 but a couple of years back I took them to see Mike Peters at the cavern in Exeter and uh, at the end of it one, one of my boys said to me said how was it that I knew all those lyrics I, I knew the words to all those songs and I said that's because when you were little I was playing the alarm all the time so when they were like two or four that's all they had in the house Oh, great stuff, great stuff. And I guess that gig in Exeter probably would have been under the title of Mike Peters and the Poets of Justice. It was Mike Peters on his own, just doing a fantastic job. Probably 100, 150 people packed into this little place. I found that really weird in itself, having seen him at Wembley Stadium in front of 70,000 people, and then you go to a little gig like that. But he does really well in those settings. Great, great stuff. Uh, let's just quickly go back to the late 70s, as you mentioned, and the punk stuff and the stuff coming after that. And there were one or two Christians in the charts around that time as well. And not just Cliff Richard either, although I think he got to number one in 1979 with We Don't Talk Anymore. At the same time that Cliff was at number one then, there was also a Christian band called After the Fire. And this is their hit single, not their biggest hit. They had two or three hits. I think Der Commissar was the biggest hit in 1983, but this was from four years earlier. And this is one rule for you.
After the Fire and a hit single, One Rule for You. But the key line, they say, you can believe whatever you like as long as you keep it to yourself. But after the fire, a laser love, as you requested. Andrew Gardner, in more recent times, you've gone on to reveal your true identity. Did you think in the year 2016, when you were first diagnosed with cancer, that just a few months later you would end up bringing out a single of your own? 
That would seem absolutely absurd to me back then. Uh, there has been no plan in that, John, uh, at all. There's no master plan to suddenly conquer the world musically. It's been a reaction to what has been going on. It's, and to be honest, I feel it's something that God has done because it's not something I could have constructed, manipulated myself. And uh, it was completely out of the blue. And uh, people that have talked to me about this. I've, I've said to them over and over again, no one is more surprised than me. No, no one is more surprised than me about a CD single coming out. But when I felt God give me that song, True Identity, it's one of those things where with other stuff, in my, my ministry in, in life, where God provides something, puts something into your hands, I then want to make the most and best do with it what I feel God is doing. And so that's how I've progressed things with the song, with the CD, with the message behind it, uh, to take it as far and as wide as possible, because I believed it was something that God was doing, but also because I believe in the quality of the song and the single. And that's not saying about myself, but what someone has done with the humble offering of my lyrics that I wrote in hospital. Uh, what someone has done with that song to produce the quality of it. It's something I can be pleased and, and proud of. Now, uh, it's easy for me to try and get people to play it and to pass it on to others because of that quality. Okay, Andrew, you were diagnosed with cancer in the year 2016. And not long afterwards, you formed a group by the title Rising Hope. And I think this is a group of family and friends. The inspiration for, for the song True Identity, was this something that you were meant to do? Maybe in a hospital undergoing chemotherapy when you felt a strong need or sense of calling to do this? I have no doubt at all, John. There was a whole mix of things going on in my head, in my heart, about myself, who I was, about ministry, where am I going, what am I going to do with this uh, journey that I'm on. And so there was lots of things happening within that. But it kind of came together in the most ridiculous, absurd place place really because uh, what happened was in september 16 uh, i became very ill having uh, had chemotherapy at the beginning of september i was admitted to hospital with dehydration i've been so sick and uh, i just find myself on a ward i mean i i've not been in hospital in really in my whole life i i don't think for 40 years and to suddenly be admitted as a patient and to be in hospital for four or five days is um, a tremendously powerfully debilitating thing and I found myself at two o'clock in the morning one night just unable to sleep I mean hospitals sadly unfortunately are quite noisy places at night there's staff working and people crying out and shouting and struggling in all kinds of ways and um, so I was wide awake at two o'clock in the morning and I was wrestling with this thing of, you know, who am I now? When I was a minister in a local church and a, and a husband who was fit and well and uh, leading the church in that way, I knew who I was. I knew what my purpose was. And now I'm in this whole new setting and I don't really know who I am anymore. And so I was wrestling with those kind of things. And all I can say is that in the middle of the night, lying on a bed in the semi-gloom these words and actually a tune came to me and true identity came out of that but it was me coming before God and also searching my own heart and saying you know when everything is stripped away when when you lose everything that I'd lost who am I now 
And the answer that I came back with, as you'll hear in the lyrics, is that, you know, I know that I am loved by God in, in, in the midst of everything. I know that I'm loved by God. I know that I have a relationship with him. I'd, I've had that for 42 years. And that relationship has set me free to be who I'm really meant to be in Christ. And that is not about what I do as a job. It's not about my ministry. It's actually just who I am in Christ and what he has done for me. That is liberating for someone who has got cancer, having chemotherapy, and just feels like everything has been pulled from under your feet. Andrew, let's hear the song now. This is the group Rising Hope, and this is True Identity.
means everything to me. In you, I have my true identity. Rising Hope on Flame Radio and a song called True Identity. And Andrew Gardner, it appears as if that song and that video was a real family effort. There's the case of Rising Hope Anon, who prefers to remain anonymous, who helped a great deal with the music and with the production. But also, and I've seen it on YouTube, there's a stunning promo video for that song. Um, there's a beautiful girl dancing and there's some great like camera angles, great photography, uh, thanks to Joe Keogh and Joe Gardner. Do I take it it was a little bit of a family effort, the song and the video? It really was. My lovely wife, Catherine, got behind me with the whole project. And because I was feeling pretty tired and wrung out in November, December, she really helped to pull the thing together. But uh, my son, Joe, and his lovely wife, Icha, they're out there listening to this show at the moment in Indonesia. And I I dedicate the alarm for Joe. But uh, back in December, they came home for a few weeks. And uh, Joe produced this superb camera that he'd uh, been uh, given by somebody out in Indonesia and uh, he agreed that it would be possible for him to actually film this. So Joe actually did the, the scripting of the video and uh, my daughter Amy is the dancer in Amy the video. Amy so They went out for the day. This was 28th of December in Plymouth just after Christmas. It was, I don't know, about six degrees. It was a lovely sunny bright day as people can see on the YouTube video. But it involved Joe filming his sister in a number of uh, lovely locations around Plymouth. But the second half of the video you can see she is dancing her way through very squidgy mud. The outtakes for that video would be hilarious because she was squidging and falling and uh, stepping on stones and twigs and all kinds of things but they did a fantastic job so they filmed for about four or five hours that day and then within I don't know, something like a week of that, uh, a good friend of ours was able to edit the video and suddenly it was all just done. So it was a real whir, but a great effort on the family who were right behind me and very sympathetic to my position. So I'm, I'm really grateful to them for that. And, uh, you know, when we talk about you know ministry and where I've been and where I am now... You know, that video has been seen nearly 3,000 times on YouTube. You know, I've never preached a sermon that's been listened to 3,000 times. (laughs) So it's just incredible that that is kind of out there. And uh, people have downloaded the song and enjoyed it and bought it and passed it on to others. All of that is going on in the midst of this, you know, pretty dreadful time. That's right, Andrew. Uh, You've released a single with an accompanying promo video in the midst of living with cancer. What sort of responses, personal responses, have you received from people who have heard the song, watched the video? It has been getting a lot of hits on YouTube. Does the song True Identity mean a lot to them as well? Yeah, I think it is resonating with people. I've had some lovely stories. I get a little bit choked if I told you some of them, so I'll be careful which ones I tell. But from a range of people that I've shared it with, I've shared it with Alarm fans, I've shared it with a whole load of people in my school reunion group on Facebook, and uh, obviously with churches and friends through Facebook. But it's just been passed on from one person to another, and that's the thing. That it's, it's not just been me actually getting the message of the 
the song out there, but people have felt confident and positive enough about it for them to pass it on to others. And I think that's for me is a real test. So it's not just people being sympathetic to my position and uh, being nice to me because I've got cancer and chemotherapy. Actually, they're listening to this song and watching the, the video and saying there is something really good of quality within that. But also, it's the power of the message. I mean, the message of being known and loved by God and uh, Him changing our life. I mean, there is no greater message than that in the whole universe, as far as I'm concerned. The truth within that is such a powerful thing. But the song has made its way into very unusual, odd places. I have a lady in my church who has played it in the dance classes that she runs out in rural Devon with 28 older ladies. I've got a lady who lives in a warden-assisted accommodation. She played it at her coffee morning and sold 14 copies to all the people that live in the block. Wow. Uh, there's primary schools in Plymouth. One of them has used it for RE lessons. Another primary school has uh, used it for the children gathering for assembly. I mean, <laughs> if you'd have told me 40 odd years ago that I'd be writing a song that would be used for gathering for assembly you know I would not have believed that we used to gather to sort of bark and Beethoven things like that Andrew that the message of the song the message of the lyric seems to suggest that even though there's a beautiful girl dancing in the video it's not about beauty and it's not about the job that we do or the title that we hold or whatever prestige we might happen to enjoy in life our identity our true identity always 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 comes through being a child of God that's right and the fact that you know we are made by him we are made by god for his purposes for his work in our lives that's the starting point that we are made in the image of god and although that has been marred and ruined because we sin we get things wrong we fail god but then in Christ, when we put our trust in him and come to faith in Jesus, that God renews that and all things are made new and put right. And so I have an identity in Christ that is not because of anything that I can do, anything that I can say, any way that I can make myself worthy of that. But it's a gift of God that my identity is in him and with him. And so the, the wonderful thing to me that I discovered as a 16-year-old is to know who I am in Christ. And as I said before, you know, that changed my life, that has shaped the whole of my life and ministry. And one of the things about writing the song and getting the song out there that I love to do is that I just desperately feel that's what people need to know. If they knew that, if they were certain and clear and embraced that identity in Christ... I think so many people would feel very different about themselves because what we do, John, is that so many of us, we slip into this thing of our identity being in what we do, the day by day, week by week labour and uh, what we do with our time or maybe what we are as a daughter or a son or a husband or wife or something else and, you know, I'm not being critical in this. I think it's very easy for us to fall into that in a, in a way and find ourselves in that trap but I have to say, you know, what? from my experience and the experience of others is that when that goes, when those things change, supposing you lose your job or you're bereaved or you're separated or divorced, if all of your identity is taken up in that kind of thing, then you really are stuck. But in whatever happens in life, whatever the circumstances of our life, if we know firstly and firmly and resolutely 
of who we are in Christ and what we have in him because of that, then whatever else changes in our lives, uh, whatever circumstances come our way, whether it's cancer or just something else, if we are absolutely clear and certain about that, that is a really solid, firm place to stand. Because when everything else changes, that doesn't change. And that is really powerful.
Andrew, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the program today. It really has. And I hear all that you say, and I think of myself as a person, and I think all that you're saying could easily apply to my life, to the person next door, to anybody listening to this now, because you might have the C word hanging over you at the moment. But for all of us, we never know what is around the corner in life. We never know how things might change, how things might end at any moment. But Andrew, thank you very much indeed for joining us all the way from Plymouth today. It's a great privilege. Thank you very much. We're going to go out with one final song now. This was something that you requested as well. And there are some key lyrics to this. It talks about we were made to meet our maker. This is the group Mumford and Sons. And this is the song Awake My Soul. I'd just like to thank everybody who has helped with this program today. Particularly like to thank Richard at God TV down there in Plymouth who has made it possible. I'd like to thank you for listening. And Andrew, thank you. This is Mumford and Sons and Awake My Soul. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes I struggle to find any truth in your lies And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know My weakness I feel I must finally show Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see But your soul you must keep totally free Ha, 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 ha your love you invest your life in these bodies we will live in these bodies we will die and where you invest your love you invest your life
close the chat room door, but please tune in next time to Flame CCR on 1521 Medium Wave for more from Green Door Studios chat room. Green Door! We hope you enjoyed this program, which is under the copyright of Wirral Christian Media Limited. Details of the Flame CCR broadcasts and webcasts are on our website, www.flameradio.org. Thank you for listening.